Hey guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this How are you? Is, oh, I'm good. <laughs> and this is the Victoria's Women. <laughs> Let's start that again. <laughs> Let's start that again. Okay, start it again. Hold on. I wanna I wanna record it. Okay. I'm gonna do this. All right. Okay. Is that why you messed it up? Okay, you guys. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, that is totally why I'm messing. Okay, you guys. I want you to see like a little behind the scenes of when we're about to start recording. Nope. I didn't press record. Hold on. <laughs> hey guys, it's okay. Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. That's right. <laughs> okay. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? You totally messed it up on purpose. <laughs> I did. I did. Yes, I like to throw you curveballs sometimes. Hey, it keeps it exciting. You know, keeps it exciting. Right? Because you don't have wife. enough going on. Yes. Yeah. We're married. We yeah, we're married. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So. That's um, true. I am happy that it's the holidays. Obviously, it's my favorite time of year because people are generally in a good mood. And there's music right? and there's cookies. Most importantly, is because of food. There's cookies and candy and cakes and mm -hmm. listen. Stuff. I got to start baking. Mm. All these baking shows I watch all year long. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is my season for baking shows. Okay, because it's like baking and Christmas, mm -hmm. and I'm living right now. Like I'm, I'm in my my little bubble of joy, and you can't break me. You cannot break me. Okay. <laughs> You're in your happy place? <laughs> I'm in my happy place. Oh, now I remember a uh, happy place. I don't know. Did that come from Happy Gilmore when he's like, go to your happy place? Like, or was it a thing before Happy Gilmore? But um, look at you memorizing Happy Gilmore. I have I no love idea. love Happy Gilmore. <laughs> like, that is my jam. It is the silly. You know me. I'm silly at the core. I look like yes. a strong black woman on the outside. I'm not a strong black woman. I'm a total wuss. I mean, like you are. Nerd. You also are. No. Yeah, you are. It's Shut all an up. act. And I'm really silly. <laughs> and Happy Gilmore is the silliest freaking movie I've yeah. ever seen. Like, I love, love, love that and A Fish Called Wanda and uh, Trading Places are like my three happy places to go to. So. Okay. I've seen Trading Places. I may have seen Happy Gilmore, but I don't remember it. And I've actually am one of the two people on this planet that have never seen A Fish Called Wanda. We've had this conversation Listen, before. Yeah. No, I know. Kevin Klein. I don't Klein, think we've recorded it, though. <laughs> Kevin Klein won an Oscar for his performance in A Fish Called Wanda because his character is ridiculous. He's <laughs> so okay. funny. So if I'm in a bad mood, I'll put on one of those three or uh, Harlem Nights as well, because it's um, funny and silly. And I love to see black people in period pieces. It makes me happy. That's not like, oh, yes, not marching. And no, oh, I say, I say, you know, even though I will say I watched uh, this is going to come a couple uh, weeks out after the movie has been on uh, Netflix for a couple weeks. Uh, Bayard Rustin's character uh, movie, the Rustin movie. Have you seen that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's about Bayard Rustin, who was uh, a gay black man who was one of the... Yes. He is basically the man who organized the March on Washington. But he was... Like, I know of his existence. Yes. I didn't know they made a movie about him. Yeah, through uh, uh, Obama, oh. the Obama's company. And uh, yeah. George C. Wolfe, I believe, uh, directed it or produced it. Um, and it... It is such a 
and and uh, Coleman Domingo killed it. I hope he gets nominated. He killed it as uh, Bayard Rustin. And it was just like a, a wonderful, uh, the pacing was great. It was just like an inspirational movie, but also not like sugarcoating. And it didn't have that dreadful feel that a right. lot of uh, civil rights figures have in their stories. Uh, but I highly, highly recommend it. It was so much fun. Uh, yeah, Bayard Rustin was, he was basically uh, smudged out of the history books, even black history, because he was gay. And That's so interesting, because I, I know the name, because it's always on the list, Martin Luther King did this, and Bayard was there too, yeah. is basically how it's... Uh, written down. No, he organized so it. I, I mean, know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into what yeah. the movie is about, but he organized it. And I love how they sort of like got into that. Like, how do you organize something so huge without it like slowing down the pacing of the movie? Uh, it was highly enjoyable. Coleman Domingo killed it. Um, and it, it's such a shame because so many black queer people would have really benefited from knowing about him early on oh in their God, lives. And right? like, holy you know, crap, that like, is a hundred percent. And, you know, he was specifically kept out because of his uh, queerness. And he was also like openly like and proud, like he wasn't hiding or anything like, like that's fantastic. As it, as it should be. He was as he should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he was very interesting. He was raised a Quaker in Northern uh, in the North and by his grandmother. What? And like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, so it's just Are really, we... really, uh, there's a lot more stuff out about him now, I feel like in the last, like, probably 10 years, but I'm glad he finally got the docu- the the biopic so, treatment, so. Notorious women are currently making an exception to the rule, we will uplift a man if it's him. <laughs> yes, if it's Bayard <laughs> Rustin, absolutely. We adore him. Bayard Rustin, we love you. Yes. I know you are no longer here, but... <laughs> He, but he also has um, a connection to a woman that we're probably going to cover, uh, Coretta Scott King. Apparently, she uh, met yes. him when she was a very young girl in one of the many sort of, um, uh, I don't I, I forget how, it was it an NAACP? It may not have been an NAACP, but one of those sort of like, you know, um, black organizations that were helping kids, you know, go to after school programs, that kind of thing. And yes, so she met yes. him that way and he encouraged her to uh pursue her her love of singing opera so listen yeah. watch that movie and i have my holiday recommendations the um the baking challenge on the food <laughs> network it's the holiday baking challenge let me tell you um there's some diversity mm-hmm. okay uh-huh because first thanksgiving and then christmas Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, all right. you're talking about always baking. <laughs> I, I expect some cookies, some cupcakes, some sweets. You get your ass back to California. I know. And I will give you so many things. <laughs> Trust me. I I am still stuck in uh-huh. Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it yes, is, she is. Uh, Floridaing. Uh, you know what? It doesn't <sighs> stop Floridaing there. <sighs> Is that a new word we just invented? Do we get money for inventing words? I'm just... Because Florida. Throwing Um, it out there. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we should get started. Um, I believe you are first this week. Um, Oh, my God. It's me. Who do you have? Who is your notorious woman this week? My notorious... Okay. Do you watch... I know you do. 
but I don't know if you started the second season, The Gilded Age. Absolutely. And I started it. And don't get me on a rant because I will get on a rant about The Gilded Age. Uh-huh. But yes, I am caught up actually on season two of The Gilded no, Age. I'm yes. ready for your rant on The Gilded Age. I paused to hear your. No, we're not ready. We're not no, there. It, I don't know. It, 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 it clearly. Listen, I am a Downton Abbey fiend. I love me some Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. That was like, mwah, it was like beautifully executed. Like the actors is amazing. The downstairs was yes. just as, as, as interesting as the upstairs and vice versa. The Gilded uh-huh. Age by Julian Fellows, who I adore, but he's an Englishman. And it's so obvious yes. that he doesn't quite understand how America, the subtleties of American culture, even during the Gilded Age. And it's, I'm watching it because Christine Baranski, um, Cynthia yeah. Nixon, um, uh, Audrey McDonald, like, and there's some fabulous actors. I'm kind of in love with the guy who plays, oh, oh, and, and Carrie Coons, who I adore. I'm kind of in love with the guy who yeah, plays her husband, fabulous. even though he's a terrible businessman. He, I mean, he's a wonderful he's businessman. He's such an asshole. Ta- and he's I'm an asshole. I keep, I keep I'm, being on his side I'm and he's a literal devil. Yeah, like, I don't understand it. I don't know. I think it's the actor. He's I think the, the actor. Devil. I think I'm in love with the actor, not the character. But like, and maybe, I love maybe, how yeah. they're including the black uh, characters and their storyline, even though like the way when they go down south is lit really weird. Anyway, I, but he doesn't <laughs> understand the social norms and the nuances of Americans. And I think it's, it, you can tell an English person is at the helm of this because the way that uh, the Americanness is portrayed, it's just not realistic and it's troubling. It's 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 almost told from a, an English person who thinks less of Americans, and I feel like that's coming through. Ah. Um, I think that the the actors are doing the best that they can, but it could be so much better because Down Abbey was so good. Did you ever watch Down Abbey? When Listen. It was I, I watched the first three seasons and then when Matthew was so stupid, he fell off the road to die. <laughs> I couldn't keep watching it. No, no. I was, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I didn't like Matthew. Like, I have done, honestly, when Matthew left, I was like, good. I don't really like his character. Oh, really? Maybe I should start, I like, like keep mother. going with season four. Yeah, but I, oh, yeah, I, just, I love his mother. I love his mother. And like, and of course, um, um, oh, God. Uh, what's our lady older the place the oh yeah uh, what's her face Maggie, Maggie love Smith her. I love Maggie Smith come on Maggie Smith Maggie Smith don't like, tell yeah. anyone that I just called Maggie Smith what's her face please yeah. Maggie Smith, mom's like, the word you guys but all of them all right. Anna well, Bates like I'm all I'm in love with all of the oh, characters like, like yeah um so okay her. so so thank you thank you for that rant because I wanted it <laughs> here's where I was I was watching this and for about a year I've been like, where is Peggy? Who is Peggy? I need to know the real inspiration for this role. And I couldn't find, I couldn't find a lot. Cause I was like, I would like to know these upper crust black people who lived in Brooklyn and led the fancy life. Why don't we talk about this? Mm -hmm. I found a woman who they say inspired uh, the peg- the character of Peggy named Julia C. Collins. Oh. Um, they don't know that much about her. Of course not. But I'm going to talk about what they do know. Okay. Because 
I think it's important to round out our history, right? To round yes. out all the things. And we, we're seeing now, like, this woman who did all these things. Well, where was she in our real history, right? Love it. Love so, it. So um, one of the places I found stuff uh, was from the Pennsylvania Center for the Book and um, Business Insider magazine. Online. Okay. Um, well, let's start by saying that they don't know much about her early life. Um, but they believe that she was born a free woman in the North around 1842. Um, we don't know her her name at birth, like her last name. Um, but the most promising theory was that she was the stepdaughter of Enoch Gilchrist. So the Gilchrist family was active in the local African-American Episcopal Church. They were active in politics and in the fight to gain legal rights for black people. Um, his obituary states that um, he was not only a friend of Frederick Douglass, but that, quote, he was personally known to President Lincoln. Oh, end quote. personally known. His sister, right? Uh, Elizabeth Gilchrist uh, was married to a well-known bishop, Joseph Pascal Thompson of the AME Zion Church, um, who she had most likely met in Williamsport. Um, so Julia met when the former... Wait, what? I think I read that wrong earlier. Um, I think she might have been... I think he was a former slave, okay. her husband. Okay. And he came through Williamsport from Virginia on the Underground Railroad. So that's where we think she grew up. We think that that was her family life. Okay. Um, so she became a school teacher for African-American children in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, according to an April 16th, 1864 issue of the Christian Recorder, which was a national newspaper of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. So... Williamsport was an active station on the Underground Railroad. So she helped with that. So, oh, okay. Now, the, 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 you're like listening and you're like, I've watched, I've watched the Gilded Age, Miriam, and I don't know what you're talking about. See, again, and I think this, this relates to what you said about the, um, the, the British Age. doing American mm -hmm, stories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we could have gone here. I don't know that we did. Um, but I'll get to a connection to her in, in a moment. Okay. So in 1850, African-American citizens had, citizens had petitioned for a school building. But of course, no surprise to anybody, they did not get it. Um, the school board, they think, they, they have some documentation that they had authorized a salary for teachers for black students. But the teacher had to provide the space, the materials, the everything, okay? So, uh, February 1853, uh, um, she was employed for three months at $18 per month to teach black children. Um, they had to find the room, the stove, the fuel. Uh, they did get benches, they got benches. You could oh, sit on something. I mean, that's Isn't that something. nice? <laughs> so what we know is that, what we think we know is that the school term for black children was three months. So she was employed for three months. That's like an annual school 
Whereas so white children had school for six to eight months. So it's the opposite of like in school and then summer vacation. Right. Exactly. Your summer. Yeah, exactly. Um, she was teaching. So by a, a decade later, they would get a school room. Isn't that nice of them? A decade? Only 10 years. Oh. It was only 10 years for them to have. Now, I don't know if they provided heat. Mm. I'm going to guess that they didn't. Probably I'm just not. going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she wrote essays about racial uplift and empowerment in the Christian Recorder, including essays titled, quote, Mental Improvement, School Teaching, and Intelligent Women. She referenced the likes of Shakespeare, Alexander Pope, and Alfred Lord Tennyson. Um, so some scholars believe that she was very well educated. Again, we're pulling here. We're pulling because right. we must know. You investigate. We don't know enough. It. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm an investigator. Listen, all those detective shows I like, it's me. <laughs> I'm the detective. Okay? You're welcome. You know, I'm on season like 13 of Murdoch. So I know you love Murdoch. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm qualified. Yes. Um, she writes, quote, her in the Christian Recorder, she, wrote, she writes, quote, we are born with faculties and power capable of almost anything. Who can measure our capacity or set bounds to our progression in knowledge? End quote. Cool, cool. She marries Stephen Carlyle Collins. And that's when she gets a last name in history, Collins. Um, and he ran a barbershop and served as a commander of the Grand Army of the Republic, which was a veterans organization for Civil War soldiers. Um, and barbers and school teachers were considered higher status occupations for black Americans in the 19th century. Yep. So they Absolutely. were both kind of like yeah. higher status. She published The Curse, or Ca the Curse of Caste, or The Slave Bride, in serial form for over eight months in 1865 um, in The Christian Recorder. So I'm going to talk about the novel for a second. Okay. It grappled with themes of racial identity, interracial marriage, and the injustices of slavery and racism. In the story, the character Lena is a mixed-race slave. She falls in love with Richard, who is the son of a New Orleans slave owner. Now, she's passing, but he discovers her identity and they get married. His father is duly enraged and disinherits him. And I'm going to continue with the story. So the newlyweds flee north to Connecticut, but she dies in childbirth soon after. Richard, who believes that his baby daughter died also, returns to New Orleans to make peace with his father. Meanwhile, his orphan child, because he leaves the child, grows up not knowing who her parents were and not knowing that she's actually black. The story abruptly ends just as the plot reaches the climax and resolution with a chance discovery of uh, a, a reunion as Julia died suddenly of tuberculosis, November 1865. So she never finished the novel herself, oh, but no. she did write it. I know. I know. Oh, man. Um, and uh, African-American history historians have sought to continue her legacy. In 2006, the Oxford University Press published her novel with two alternative, alternative endings, um, written by editors and scholars Mitch Ketchen and William Andrews. 
Um, There's a quote from Katchen. The fact is she is exploring what could be a happy ending, an empowering ending in which marriage and civility are things that African-American women can inspire to. Um, And that that is her. Again, the fact that she wrote a novel is what made them create the character of Peggy. So. That's as close as I've found. I beg you, if you're listening and you know more, please let us know. Because I keep searching and I cannot find. This is the closest connection. Yeah. Um, that I've that that I have, which is like it's not Peggy's story. Like they. No, I I had heard that Peggy was also uh, is probably it, like a lot of characters based on someone else uh, on a real life person. It's a composite character of. Of perhaps yes. Julia Collins and uh, Ida B. Wells. Um, so, yes. you know. Um, but we, yeah. But she started off being a writer, uh, uh, writing creative uh, short short stories. Is that what she was writing? Yes. For yeah, season? she did. Okay, she yeah. published. Yeah. Yeah. And then she now did she's. a lot of. So, th- so there's that. And yeah. I was like, it's so not Ida B. Wells. Like, where yeah. else? Yeah, to yeah, be? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it is. I get it. I get it. She's I mean, it's turning into that now to, with that, that sexy becoming, man yeah. she's working with. Uh, with his tall shoulders. He's not unsexy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not like unattracted to him. Like, I'm not. I don't look at him and I think negative thoughts. No, right, right. It's like, E.I. But I, <laughs> you know, like, he's fine. You're Whatever. Fine. You know, I roll, I need a minute, walk away, I love my husband, and we move on. Right? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. No, that is so interesting, though, that she wrote a novel. I've never heard of this woman, so... And I, this is... I know, and I, I, I would like to read the novel. That's why I spent half the time reading the novel out loud. Right. Um, you know, because I, we had prolific mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. black women in 1860s, oh, yeah. 1850s, you know, and teaching the kids for $18 a month Oh yeah. with nothing, you know, yeah. and it seems that she came from some money so she could provide yeah, exactly. a little bit for them. Yeah. Um, but the idea that that existed yeah. was, is it, it needs to be told. We need to tell the whole. The whole story of like, it's just amazing shebang. how people can live and then like a short while later people forget about them like it's it's weird like when I go on yeah. YouTube sometime and people are just now this is this new thing where people are just discovering Thriller the video and people <laughs> like I watched one where this girl from Russia a very pretty girl was watching it and I think Russian culture is that she was I couldn't tell what she was thinking while she was watching it but then occasionally she would stop and she'd be like this is amazing <laughs> she's just like she's like all of this is so amazing. So, but it's just really weird to see people or like they'll discover like something that was just 20 years ago and people are like, I've never heard yeah. this. And so, um, but how it, it just, it reminds me of how easily and how quickly someone can be forgotten. So I'm not surprised yeah. that she was forgotten, you know, even though she lived obviously a very young life tragically ended, but she wrote a whole novel and we've, you know, and she, heard of. yeah, she wrote a whole novel. She was very highly educated. She was very smart. Yeah. She wrote a lot of um, essays as well. 
Yeah. Um, so. To uplift women too. Yes, girl. Okay. Yes, yeah, she is my kind of lady and also a, a Gilded Age lady. I Even though I ranted about the Gilded Age, I think you should watch it. It is, it, it's getting there. Yeah, it's watch just, it. It's about 60% there. It's definitely better this season what? than it was last season. Because last season, I, I was like, I don't know though, what's going on here. I thought it odd that the character of Peggy didn't flinch a little when he said Alabama, that she is so disconnected from reality that they didn't have her think about it, take a deep breath and say, you know what? I want to go. You because know, that's all you needed to do. Yeah. It's all you needed to do. Re- I will really. say that like, I think I, I'm not, that didn't bother me too much because her mother, Audrey McDonald's well, character is, like, was is like, like Girl, you don't know what you're getting into. And I thought it was really interesting because we don't think of black people, uh, younger black people, particularly during this period, as being naive. Right. So I loved how and her naivete comes from her family's uh, wealth. Like, you know, the fact that they are people of means. So and, and I love that the mother's like, girl, you have no idea what you're getting into, you know. Um, and yeah. then they go down there. I just thought there. she needed like a second. No, I know what you mean. One I know, second. I know what you mean. Like to be like, I'll be fine. Yeah, because because it, it's like, not like there's no prejudice and racism in the north. So that's a you know right. That's and a she misconception. Should know that yeah. there's there's it's even more worse in the south and racism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at and what she, the housekeeper. She would know that. Yeah, it's putting her through, like just yeah. refuses to right. engage with her and like, no, I, I hear you. And that's what I mean about like that subtlety, like there's a way to do it. And I know that, um, oh God, what's her name? Um, she's so beautiful. As Sally Richardson is an EP on it. You know who Sally Richardson is? She used to be an actress. No. I don't think she's acting anymore. The The last big thing she did as an actor, which I love, is, um, um, oh God, oh and now I can't think of the name of it. I do this often. It's Florida. Um, uh, mm-hmm. The sci-fi show, she was on with Papa Pope. Oh, God. Now I can't think of it. Now it's going to bother me. Ta- uh, Eureka. Okay. Eureka. I it was on Sci-Fi that. Channel. And you know she's... Anyway, so she has come on as an EP. She started directing um, a while ago. And so she's, she's amazing. She's an African-American woman. And so she's... It is so funny because the first season people are like, well, the black family is way more interesting than everyone else. And so and I think oh, I'm glad 100%. that they they, yeah. um, you know, they leaned into that. But but no, you should watch The Gilded Age, I think. So um, thank it's, you for it's sharing so good. that. Uh, Julia You're Collins, welcome. correct? Julia, Julia Collins. C. Collins. Yes. Julia C. Collins. Um, I love how they would put that initial in there uh, back in the day. I know. <laughs> now on to something else. So um yeah, okay. I <laughs> What are you gonna do to me? Mary's what are you like do this to me? foolishness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it's fine. So you told us I'm about fine. Ms. Julia C. Collins, who's this lovely uh-huh. lady who's giving back to the world. My lady yeah. wasn't really uh-huh. giving back, she was taken. Uh, taking as much as she could, um, not taken, but taking as much as she could. So Mm. my notorious woman this week is Evelyn Dick. Have you ever heard of Evelyn Dick? (laughs) No, but I have so many jokes. I don't know where to begin. Go on. So you're basically a 10 year old boy, right? Okay. I am. Yeah. Dick. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) 
So <laughs> I did. I said dick and then I giggled. I heard and it. Then you okay, giggled. go on. Yeah. Um, now, this is Notorious uh, Women podcast plus Miriam's inner 10-year-old boy uh, when he comes out. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, some of my sources for today's uh, uh, story is from Brief Case, a YouTube channel that I often, it's very good. You guys should subscribe to that channel on YouTube. The Canadian Encyclopedia, Murderpedia, um, and then huh. the Canadian Archives uh, at cbc.ca. Um, Leave among it other to Lavetta to know Murderpedia. Go oh, on. You've never Go heard. On. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> this is going to be good. So Evelyn Dick okay. uh, was born on October 13th, 1920 in Beamsville, Ontario, uh, Canada to Scottish immigrants, Donald and Alexandra McLean. So I, that's my Scottish accent. I'll, so, uh, I won't yeah. do it again. Go on. So don't don't do it. We don't want to insult our my UK bad. listeners. You're right. I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> now, a year <laughs> after her birth, the McLean family moved to Hamilton, where Donald, reportedly somewhat abusive alcoholic, worked for the Hamilton Street mm. Railway uh, Company. So even though this okay. was an upgrade to the family's finances and the family's lives, it seemed that the family was living beyond their means. They were basically trying okay. to keep up with the Joneses. Um, Listen, aren't we all? Okay. I, I mean, people are, but apparently it's because even though he worked for this, the Hamilton Street Railway Company, he paid a pretty good salary, but not like a an extravagant salary. It wasn't everyone kind of knew what people were making back then. Uh, so the fact that they were able to send young Evelyn to the prestigious Loretto Academy, a private Catholic school oh. for girls, raised some eyebrows because the school's tuition alone was very, very expensive. So they're like, how can this, yeah. you know, middle class guy afford to send his, you know, kids, his beautiful young daughter to uh, school? Now, it seems that. The McLeans had uh, aspirations of, you know, okay. entering into, they're a bit thirsty, as we would say nowadays. Um, hence the, you know, living beyond their means and they wanted to rub elbows with high society, that kind of thing. Um, but reportedly to supplement his income, Donald was mm, stealing money from the railway's vaults. Oh, see, I was going to ask because my thing was like, now you can throw things on a credit card, you know, but you couldn't yeah. do that back then. You couldn't, right, right. That, so, that's a great point. Right? You couldn't do that. Yeah. And, you know, Alexander herself, she was really more of like, let's like, we want to uh, aspire to the upper echelons, which is not a bad thing. That's American way. You feel like you yeah, come yeah. to America. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. Because you can change your status within one generation, unlike, yep. you know, other countries in yeah. Europe. So now... As Evelyn grew up, she became uh, she grew into a very attractive, noticeably attractive young woman. And okay. I think basically Alexandra, her mother, was like, OK, I got a pretty daughter. Let's mm. see if we can get her to marry well. Maybe that's Let's one way. Let's exploit this. Yes. And okay. by all accounts and pictures, she was a very attractive woman. Uh, not even just okay. by like those standards during the day, like even today, like she was a very attractive brunette woman. Um, so uh, Alexandra and I don't know if because Alexandra and uh, Donald were just not um, 
they just weren't good at being like more slick about their aspirations, their you know their status ap- ap- uh, aspirations, or if they were just too impatient, right? Uh, um, yeah, they wouldn't be the first parents to put all their hopes and dreams into a beautiful daughter, right? But nope, you know, there's nope. a way you have to move in the world uh, because that is an asset, you know, to a struggling family and. Usually girls will go off to college and get married or like, you know, that kind of thing. Put them in beauty contests. I don't know. But, you know, acting, that kind of thing. When I um, when I look back at my childhood and all the things my parents did to exploit I mean, there. No, none of it. I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? Like, it's so it doesn't yeah. seem like they they took that route. But. You know, Alexandra. But but that is kind of what you do. Oh, oh, she's doing the beauty pageants for the scholarship because she's smart. And but also look how pretty she is. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's really what's gonna entice. I mean, listen, I know uh, some of my uh, girlfriends, uh, white girlfriends, whose mothers are you know of a particular age. They're like, oh no, they literally used to just send women, white women, to college to get married. Like it's just literally what they used to do. So yeah, yeah. Um, so she, but her, it seems like they didn't really take that route, which is kind of puzzling to me. And I think it might be, uh, indicative of just the kinds of people they were just, they didn't have the patience maybe because that takes planning actually. And you have to be strategic. So, uh, but she did encourage, uh, Evelyn to use her, her feminine charms to entice men into buying her expensive gifts like jewelry and furs, um and it's you know fine. and that like immediate and that's what I mean it doesn't seem like they were very impatient because it's like they just wanted her to get the money and to play the long game you kind of like oh no that's too much and you know what I mean you kind of like yeah you play a little bit more coy you have to be a little bit more coy to entrap yeah uh, I mean um entice i should say a trap but th- that's what they were trying to you do you just said in trap i heard you but don't I mean, worry especially i don't know how man, many men listen to us <laughs> i know especially a man from a well-off family because his mother is going to be on the lookout right but oh, if the yeah. girl is nice is, is beautiful the mother's thinking i want beautiful grandchildren but right. i also want to meet the parents that you know there's a, a whole lot of stuff that goes mm-hmm. into this so it just seems like her parents were not really very patient people so um, so basically, like I said, the dream was to have her Evelyn marry well, but that didn't seem to be working or maybe it was just taking too long. Um, so Alexandra started to get her daughters to just date older and wealthy men. Cause you know, if you don't, if you uh, can't get the young wealthy ones, go for the older ones. Um, but unfortunately <laughs> the older ones tend to be married. Um, yeah, you know, they do. So, but so Evelyn just became basically like a good time girl picking up different lovers, it seems, uh, allegedly. Uh, So she started dating several wealthy and prominent uh, men in town. Um, And in she wasn't being very too well, they didn't have birth control either, because in July of 1942, she gave birth to a daughter, Heather. Yeah, that sounds right. Which means she's 22 which she yeah. then gave the daughter over to her mother's care. So basically her mother started raising Heather um, because, okay. you know, Evelyn had to be free to go out and date as many men and get these gifts. I have a feeling mm-hmm. it, it it's kind of like a bad version of like um, uh, being a concubine. They kind of want instead of like marrying well, some young man, 
It's like, oh, well, maybe you can be the concubine of an older man. So it's all about the gifts and the money to help take care of the parents. And this is like concubine number three. This is not. Yeah. So not the plan. But she she gave birth to Heather in 1942. Uh, Now, in September of 1944, she reportedly also gave birth to a boy named Peter uh, that she again, this is what happens. We have no birth control, you know. Um, But when she came home from the hospital without the baby, her neighbors, you know, asked of her mother and her. um, And she Evelyn said that she had given the child up to uh, for adoption at the Children's Aid Society because her father didn't want another child in the house. So she was still living with her parents at this at now 24. Okay, Carl. Now, I know it's. Again, they're not playing this right because she was very beautiful. Like, and this, eight, listen, go to college. Go. All she to needed college. was one semester, one year. She could have snagged one her semester, rich husband. You, she yeah. could have got it. That, yep. like, seriously, just like what one quarter. Go to a quarter system college. And okay? I, I mean, you know what? But also, now that I'm thinking about it, it could be that this was during the war, World War Two. Um, so maybe there weren't a lot of younger uh, men around also because they're all being drafted into the war. It could be that. But, but that's why you send you, them to college because those guys did not go, in, get drafted. Because those guys were not at war. Yeah. Rich guys. Go it, to college, girl. Rich white guys in college were not being drafted out of college. So um, listen, they were rich. You major in home economics and you wink a lot. Boom. I dun dun dun. It baffles me, but that may be perhaps because, you know, obviously there's lesser stock (laughs) around. Um, But uh, yeah. So now in the summer of 1945, she Evelyn was now living actually with Heather as her daughter. Um, And um, so I I, it it seems that Heather always knew that Evelyn was her mother. But because really Alexandra just raised her. I wonder if it was one of those. This is very confusing for little Heather, I bet. It's just very confusing, I'm sure, as she got yeah. older. But um, but by 1945, Alexandra had separated from Donald, Evelyn's mother. So she and her mother oh. and her daughter were all. So all these women were living in a house okay. uh, together. And Evelyn met, at this time, Evelyn met a man by the name of John Dick, a Russian immigrant, 15 years her senior. Um, I will and- be giggling. Every yes. time you say that. Okay. And he was employed as a streetcar driver. Now, okay. to explain the fact that she had a child but no ring, she told Dick that she was a widow of a naval officer who had died in the war, in the Second World War. So, makes sense. See, that's that's quick thinking. That's, that's quick, quick thinking. thinking. Now, yep. apparently, Evelyn, for some reason, thought that uh, John was well off. I don't know. Maybe he was very because he was a handsome guy. I don't I don't know. But she thought maybe he was whining and dining her. Um, so she believed that mm. this was finally her ticket because what is she? Twenty five at this point. She's like, I'm becoming an old yeah. maid. I need to lock this down. Um, and so they actually married after only dating for a few weeks. They got engaged, actually. Wow. And so. OK. Um, so. Apparently, Evelyn's parents didn't like Dick, and they actually didn't attend the small wedding that took a place that took place on October fourth, nineteen forty-five. So, um, and it could be—I have a feeling that her parents were like, "So, no more dating other rich men. What, what's going on?" Like, yeah. Can you say her parents didn't like Dick? 
one more time. Nope, I'm not doing it. Nope. Because <laughs> I'm not a 10-year-old boy. So now, I am. <laughs> remember when I said that okay. Evelyn thought Dick had money? Yeah. John Dick had no. money. John Dick, you keep calling him Dick. I it's did it. See, you're in my okay. head now. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. So oh apparently John did not have money. He was not as well off of, as she thought he was. It, it's, I mean, that's something oh. you would find out if you didn't date him for only a, a few weeks before you married him. Yeah, that's why it's like, you know, have a conversation, say, let me see your books. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, like, you can't. I mean, because apparently they got uh, they moved into a house together and she made the down payment. So that alone, like, but if you're dating oh, she, for like mm. a year, then you really get to see, mm-hmm. you know, or six months. They didn't even date six months before they got married. So yeah, um, they I mean, they yeah, it's it's like just wait to the end of the year. If it's the summer, can you wait to the end of the year to get engaged and then get right. married? Like, yeah. OK, so little Christmas fa- engagement, little May yeah. wedding. Maybe she was just tired of dating all these rich men for her parents. But it turns out Evelyn's like, you ain't got no money. I'm out. Peace out, playa. Uh, So she resumed her affair with one of her many uh, older rich men, (laughs) a man by the name of Bill Bohozik. Bohozik. And John at first was like, "Uh, okay. So he was like, I love you. This is going to work. Apparently he was obsessed with her. Again, she's a very beautiful woman. So he probably thought I hit right. the jackpot. Beautiful young woman. She's smart. She seems to be, you know, have her wits about her. So I hit the jackpot now. Um, so John is like, I'm going to keep my woman. I'm going to work this out. But it didn't really go well. Okay. They, uh, reportedly their marriage was volatile. A lot of arguments. Um, just back mm. and forth, uh, mainly because Evelyn, I mean, mainly because he had no money and Evelyn refused to give up her relationships with Bohozak and her other rich boyfriends. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like my husband would have like a little bit of an opinion tiny about that. Bit, just a tiny if bit. I was like, I love you, I will stay with you, but I still have these rich boyfriends that I'm going to keep having sex with. Yeah. I, well, what's I the mean, problem? What's wrong? I feel Why like Evelyn's you motto know? was ain't nothing going on but the rent uh, because she's like, I'm about that cash, cash dollar bill, baby. Mm, uh, but Evelyn, know? that's why you got to choose better. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Now, so he uh, moved out of their home, which it was the deed was in Evelyn's name because she put down the down payment and he moved in with a cousin of his. Now, he did not give up okay. on the marriage, though, reportedly. And so he appealed to Evelyn's father, Donald. Okay. And but Donald was like, I don't, I ain't even like you, you little herb, or you little scrub. <laughs> that's what he said, scrub <laughs> like that. So uh, mm-hmm. literally, he does. That's what Donald. But Donald's like, dude, I wasn't checking for you anyway. Like, right? Get out of here. What are you talking to me so, for? Yeah. <laughs> now, so John got mad that Donald wouldn't help him and kind of scoffed at, it, scoffed him off and brushed him off. So then he threatened okay. Evelyn's father. Donald McLean, that he would inform, uh, he would tell authorities that John had been, st- that uh, Donald had been stealing from the railway. <gasps> oh. Which is something that Evelyn, yeah, that Evelyn had revealed um, to him during their relationship, you know, because they were married. Mm, so the plot thickens. So, so Donald was like, really, motherfucker? I will kill you. 
Okay. Okay. So John believed Donald. Because I have a feeling that Donald's like an old school (laughs) Scotch Scottishman. Like he Yeah. 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 So John goes to the the authorities. Bad move. Because then John Dick disappeared. (laughs) Oh. The first week of March of nineteen (laughs) forty six. Damn. He did not last long in this family. Or less than a year. Less than a year. So uh, reportedly he was last seen on March 6th at a Hamilton restaurant. Now, Mm. 10 days later on March 16th, some children were hiking along a trail on Hamilton Mountain, part of the Niagara Uh Falls uh, encampment, and they found Uh a human torso with two gunshot (gasps) wounds in the chest. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. many human torsos are we going to be talking about on this podcast? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Yep. Wow, that was so, not a good day for these children. Okay, the Hannah Mary tabbed it. You guys should look up that episode. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yes, please do. But also the the amount of energy it takes to remove a torso from a human body is just yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Of course, you know, I'm going to say this. The remains were identified as that of John Dix. Um, Yep. And so also, like with most murders, suspicions quickly will turn to a spouse or partner and they turn to Uh Evelyn. Now, police took Evelyn in for questioning, but she denied any knowledge of John's, you know, of where John was. And um, she first had one story. And then she changed the story and then she changed it again. Every time she told the story, basically, Evelyn changed Mm. her story. But one of the stories that she told was that uh, an Italian gangster had called her up and said that your husband's been fucking around with my girl. So he got what was coming to him. And now you need to meet me. So he met with she met with him. And he mm. had killed John and ha- and there was blood on the seat and he had wrapped him up in like a, a casing, uh, a cover for the seat, uh, for the car seat and all that. It's just wild stuff. And then took her to some place where they found the, the torso, but, but he threatened <laughs> her. And then she, it, it's, all, girl, really, so basically she was blaming it on the Italians, wow. the mob. Blame the yeah. mob. It's always the, the mob. Ita- the Italians. The yeah, Italians, of course. right? Uh, white on white crime is what I like to call it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's what it is, it's I mean, listen, the mob usually be doing what the mob does. But I would say if the mob did it, you wouldn't have found no torso. <laughs> well, first of all, that torso would never be found. Yeah. Second of all, why does the mob care about your husband? Yeah. What has so, your, what what? This is the most white lady thing ever. It's like, she was just like, and this, and then, like, are they going to believe you? Because every time you come in, you tell a different story, Evelyn. Okay. Now, while she, on one of these occasions, because they brought her in several different times, because the first time they brought, they brought her in, she confessed and said this. But then her lawyer was like, "Ah, na, 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 you, she asked for a lawyer. And so then she, they brought her in and she told another story and then another story. So. Oh my God, girl. Um. But one of these times while she was being questioned, uh, investigators were searching her house and in the attic, they found a suitcase that contained a concrete encased body of an infant. 
shit. You know what? I knew that. I knew that baby was coming back. Yeah. Oh, shit. Obviously, it had proved to be Peter. Yes, the little boy that she said she had given up for adoption. Um, I don't. Why keep him? the body i don't like if he had died you know like so obviously when you find and there's a torso and you find an an infant's encased body in concrete in a person's house you're like these motherfuckers did it so right yeah so yeah eventually evelyn was like oh i had i didn't really do anything i had accomplices and all and all this stuff so eventually though evelyn uh her parents and bill bohozuk were charged with the murder of john dick okay oh shit and then evelyn and bill were charged with infanticide because of young peter because bill was reportedly young peter's son oh and then donald was also charged with robbing his his uh the hamilton uh railway uh his yeah job of of robbing them of money (laughs) of thousands of dollars um and so everybody's in the shit can as they say evelyn's attorney smartly moved to have her tried separately from bill and donald in the hope that it would allow her to appear before the jury as a young attractive woman who was just incapable of committing murder like who just wasn't smart enough or just incapable enough of i mean of of cutting up a body so the torso is separate um i know now they Oof. move quick in Canada, and maybe because of the gruesomeness and the you know the the fact there's this beautiful woman at the center and all of this like yeah. behind the scenes. So um, the trial began. Her trial began on October seventh, nineteen forty six. So it tri- it began really quickly. Wow, um, like that's fast. Quickly. Okay, yeah, yeah. In the Hamilton's Wentworth County Courthouse, but things got even messier once the trial began, because not only was it a media circus. Uh, dominating the headlines of tales of uh, of Evelyn's dal- dalliances with many of these rich and powerful mm-hmm. older and married men coming out. But eventually, Alexandra, Evelyn's mother, turned snitch. Uh, oh, shit. She, yeah. She agreed to testify for the crown against her daughter in return for immunity. No. And ca- what? Yes. Yes, yes, Damn. girl. These yes. people. Okay, it's like this Ooh. is like uh, mm. uh, I, I this is like a telenovela. It was amazing. So now, fully, not fully. Only, so in her testimony against Evelyn, uh, she stated that uh, she had been absent from the house for a prolonged period of time on March sixth, the last day that John Dick had been seen. Uh, and then she okay. said on March eighth, she had asked Evelyn if something had happened to John. And according to her, Evelyn responded that he wouldn't be coming around anymore because basically he had been harassing them, trying to get back with her. And then he made the threat to Don right. and da da da. Um, and Alexandra also testified that her husband or ex-husband at this point or almost owned right. a handgun and a large butcher's knife. Oh, well, I mean, perhaps that's all you need. OK, yeah, that's all you need. So. Wow. Um, so I know crazy, right? Alexander's this like, see insane. what happened was, uh, she started Let singing me like tell a bird. You everything. Mm-hmm. Now it, it, this, 
there's been stuff made about this, but this is this could be a whole series. Like it's just like it. It reminds me of kind of oh, yeah. like I feel like it could have been like a really good movie in the 1930s, like a black and white movie starring Lana oh, Turner yes. or something. You know? Um, yes. Uh, now, despite the evidence being mostly cir- circumstantial um, around Evelyn's movements, you know, um, but her. Despite all of that, her strong, her somewhat strong, notorious connections in high society, because you would think that these these high, you know, falutin men, these highly connected men would help her. But she was eventually convicted of murder in 1946 and sentenced to hang on January 7th, 1947. Um, But why didn't those men go to help her? I'm actually surprised because then they can't have sex with her anymore if she's dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think it would be nice of them. I think it would be like selfish in the way I would expect. I mean, I would imagine that they would be uh, concerned about being canceled. Like, you know, oh, from their jobs the, yeah. and the fallout, that kind of thing. And that especially if they're married. Yeah, uh, now, the judge sentenced her to death, but her attorneys were able to successfully appeal the next month. OK. Uh, so her, her her case was then taken over by a, ma- a man by the name of John J. Robinette. And he was a very skilled courtroom lawyer. Um, okay. And he was known for his defensive strategies at trial. Uh, and he actually impressed upon the jury in the second trial that uh, it was a strong possibility that Donald had killed Dick, uh, John Dick, because of what had come out. Um, yeah. And that makes a lot more sense when you think uh, Torso had a- appeared also. So I don't think I don't think that she did the whole thing by herself. Like, yeah. Because I mean, as we discussed earlier, I'm a detective <laughs> and I don't think... All right, Perry all Mason. Of that. So that's my new name, oh, Perietta okay. Mason. Perietta Thank Mason. Thank you. Okay. Um, this is too too much to do to to disassemble a body. I mean, oh, I don't know why they didn't take this tactic in the first trial because that makes a lot more sense and that's a smart way uh, to approach it, and it worked because this time the jury just okay. found her. They found her not guilty, and and in his trial they actually convicted Don. Mc- McLean of being uh, an accessory after the fact in the murder of John Dick, specifically for dismembering the corpse in the basement of the home yeah, and then burning the body yeah. parts, some of the body parts in the furnace. Um, he was sentenced to five years, but he was also sentenced for uh, theft from his he was yeah, stealing from, from his, his company. Yeah. Uh, so he was given an additional five years for that. And then Bill Bohozuk was cleared of all charges. Bill got off because Bill had the money and the connections. Mm, yeah. Now, now, it wasn't quite over for Evelyn because she was then put on trial for uh, young Peter's, the infant's murder. Um, and at oh, this yeah, time. Oh, yeah. Fuck her. Yeah. Fuck it her was, up the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, 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 Okay. Peppery Listen, language. don't fuck with children. I get don't angry. Fuck with children, it's true. Now you can she, give the child up for adoption, girl. That's fine. Yeah, that you know. that's a whole nother thing. That's a, a, a that could be the second season of the series um, because you know, it was speculated right? during this time that she had slept with over 150 men, uh, including the judge's own son. Okay. Uh, so I I think that that's obviously an exaggeration. 
Uh, but she was uh, on both counts. She was uh, found of um, actually of the the uh, infant murder. She was found of manslaughter, uh, t- uh, guilty of manslaughter. And the judge sentenced her to life imprisonment on November 10th, okay. 1958. Um, but she, oh, a while later. she was. Yeah, she was released after 11 years um, for probably good behavior um, and then in the 1980s, interestingly enough, she was granted a royal pardon. Why? I don't know. Maybe new evidence came uh, to light about okay. it. There, uh, there, there has been some stuff so in some me- of the research. I know I found that there was some weird stuff going on, family dynamics going on in the house. Like, A, she should have been one of the reasons maybe they didn't send her off to college to snag a rich husband is because the parents were dependent on her they were uh controlling of her they didn't want her out of their sight um and they basically wanted her to be their meal ticket it could have been that so just some like fine uh family dynamics that were going on because again when you see her you're like oh she's a very lovely woman she could have easily snagged a husband at college right um right but the parents just didn't want her out of their sight pretty much they were controlling of her that's that's one there might be this whole like yeah, like layer of abuse yeah. in her childhood that we don't we didn't even talk about. Yeah. That is yeah. definitely affecting her choices and actions. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So all of this so that happens and all of this technically John Dick's murder has never been officially solved. Because she was acquitted oh. of it. She was found not guilty. Uh and and her father was uh convicted on accessory after the fact for they could prove that he chopped up right. the body. But technically, it has not been officially solved. Um, now, as you can imagine, oh, uh, one last thing here. Yeah, as you can imagine, this a lot of the TV and film projects have been produced for this uh, around this because mm-hmm. this is a crazy story, including a play. How could you, Mrs. Dick, that came out in 1989, a television drama called Torso, uh, semicolon, the Evelyn Dick story that came out in 2002. And a film noir musical called Black Widow from 2005, as well as several books. Um, so that is Evelyn Dick, um, the known wow. as part of the torso murder. The torso. You know, murder. I wonder <laughs> because you know we know a lot a lot more about postpartum depression mm-hmm. and the realities of that. That that maybe she did do what she did to her baby, but that she, let's say she had been so crazy abused her whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. And she had, she, her, whatever was happening in her chemicals in her brain and postnatally knowing what she was bringing the baby back to, she might've done it, but she might've been in such a state. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I'm or- not sure how, like, Babies died yeah. back then, like of ba- all kinds yeah. of things. And because I, I find it odd that she would keep the baby's body. That makes me feel like that, the baby that's died what I mean, like that. and something happened and then she just couldn't let the, the baby go, you know, or I don't know. I don't know. Or she thought it was or she did something that yeah. killed the baby that she was then horrified by it. So she kept it by her. Like there's so much like. You know, like keyboard psychology that I could come up with right now that I am super not qualified to come up with um, that I can think of that because it doesn't a lot of these things don't fully add up. Yeah. Like in her story, in the story. 
Honestly, I think there's something going on with her and the parents because I can't also like the fact that her and Bill had such a long term relationship that produced a child, but they were still together. Why didn't he set her up? Like, why didn't he set her up in her own home? Why didn't he, you know what I mean? Like, why wasn't she in essence became his mistress, long term mistress? I mean, she was like, why wasn't she set up in a way um, because again, when you look up pictures of her, you're like, oh, that's that's a beautiful woman. She could have been played like, by like, you know, a young Angelina Jolie, like a like a very like she's okay. like a, a a siren, like a dark haired siren, like beautiful girl, young woman. So um, like I think there's you're right that there's something off with the parents. Yeah, there's, there's something. something I don't believe she had sex with 150 different men. No, I'm no, just no, going to no. go ahead and say that. It's like, um, gosh, she could be a terrible person and not, you don't have to slut shame her. Like, I mean. Right. Like. Like, you don't need to. And she could have, like, wanted to have sex with those, with the men that she did have sex with. And that's yeah. fine. Rock out. Yeah. Um, it sounds you know, like. murder I'm judging. I'll judge murder. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. We, we you judge the murder and the kids. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. you know, 10 to 20 guys is like, oh, my God. And those numbers are so high. And they're like, oh, it's, it's like 150 men. And it's like, I mean, even if she wants yeah. to sleep with 150 men, that's her prerogative. But listen, you know. all I say is like STDs are real, girl. Maybe not. But uh, like yes. um, back then. Yes. But that's another theory that I have, because, again, Perrietta Mason ready and at your service. <laughs> um, some of those STDs, they 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 fuck with your brain. Yeah, or the treatments so might, for them. Yeah. Oh, the treatments for them back then. Yeah. Ooh, not great. And so they could encourage actions that are not really you. Yeah. Right? That it's because it's fucking with your brain, you know? It is crazy. And I All also right. uh, suspect that I've, I've, I, I allegedly, I think the father did it and then told her about it afterwards. Um, okay. You know, because when he threatened to tell the railway on, I would have killed him if I was a father. Like, you got to go. You got to disappear. So, I mean, that's just me. But I mean, um, that's that's a theory. That's a theory. (laughs) Well, that's a theory. Tell us what you guys uh, think, uh, dear listeners. And uh, that wraps up another episode of Notorious Women podcast. Guys, remember to follow us on all the things Um, you also please write a five star review in the Apple Store or in Spotify. Yes, please. We really, really appreciate Uh it. Um, also, you can support the show at patreon.com and that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Notorious Women. And Miriam, how else can they support the show? Funny you ask. I can answer that question. So we have we have an Instagram. It's Notorious Women Podcast. It's so easy. Just go to Notorious Women Podcast. Follow us, like us, like our things. Um, And like DM us if you want to DM us there. That's cool. We check that. Um, But you can also email us at NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com with any thoughts or ideas or accusations, right? That we were wrong (laughs) because hashtag not historians. Um, But we'll fix it on a later episode if we were. Um, uh, What else? Oh, we have a TikTok. TikTok. Yep. TikTok. I won't Tickety keep talk. singing. We can't afford it. Um, it's also Notorious Women Podcast. And that, uh, oh, oh, we have a YouTube channel. You can. That's right. That's right. You can go to YouTube and we're there. It's Notorious Women Podcast. We're pretty fi- We're pretty easy to find, honestly. Yeah. It's 
up. You know, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, guys, we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.